Taylor and I are watching this and she's like, who do you think would play Whiskers now? <laughs> Whiskers. And I was like, what? She's like, isn't his name's Whiskers, right? And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's like Chris Christopherson just plays the, the friendly cat side character. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And I finally watched Blade. So I have not seen Blade in probably 10 to 15 years. But before that, I had probably watched it 20 to 30 times. <laughs> uh, is it exactly how you remembered it? Uh, the story is yes. What's interesting is the version that I watched was a DVD that came out right after the movie left theaters. And the version I watched today um, was a remastered version. And I actually think that makes the movie worse. What's remastered? All the effects, just it's it's a um, it's a much cleaner copy of it. Like it's not as gritty and like kind of, you know, it's just it's like a higher quality version of the movie. At least what I just watched. Then, and then we watched two different versions. Was here's the older version? It had to have been because there was just so. First of all, the effects. Well, I'm not talking about that because you're not, you're not paying attention to what I'm saying right now. Because the quality of the, the film was remastered, which you, I don't, you should know what that means, but it makes the effects look a lot worse. Um, I'll give you one example that I okay. really like, started noticing it on is the part where Blade meets Deacon Frost in the park. Okay. In the original DVD of that, there's this like shimmering effect over the whole thing. And it's kind of like, like the, the film is like drowned out by light. Like it's over, like the whole thing's overexposed. Yeah. And it gives this kind of dreamlike quality to the whole scene. In the version I just watched, that's gone. And it just looks like a normal scene. It's completely like two different. dudes in a park. Exactly. And it's like that. I I think that was like the way it was supposed to look originally. And in the, when they remastered, it just looks like a normal scene. Maybe because from what I remember, it was very much like two dudes in a park during like a Asian ceremony thing. Right. Yeah. And it didn't look overexposed or anything. Right. Not that I recall. No. So well, next time I visit you, I'm going to bring the DVD. We're going to put that scene on because it, it looks completely different. It changes it. But then also, yeah, I mean, this movie is 23 years old um, and the CGI does not hold up. Uh, you know, the bones flying out of all the vampires at the end. We're going to talk about, well, there's more than just the bad CGI about that scene that I want to talk about. But there's also, as far as the remastered version goes, there's this effect and I've, I've noticed it a lot in older movies where it's not quite overexposed but it's when people smile or if they have really pale skin, which I feel like all this movie is, is people smiling and having very pale skin. Um, <laughs> well, the vampires, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but there's this effect that happens where it's almost like this like blue on their teeth. And I don't know if it's just the highlight of the reflection of the light 
and how it's processed through like older cameras. But I don't know if you picked that up on your remastered version because I did. I didn't notice blue teeth. No. No. I noticed like very fake looking teeth. Um, yeah. Like they're both, you know, wearing dentures. Um, also, least... maybe you can a- answer me this one. Why is Blade's fangs on the two teeth next to his front teeth? But Frost's fangs, and I think all the other vampire fangs, are their canines. Um, I don't know. I didn't notice that. I don't, because, even know if, I don't know if you're right. Is it because Wesley Snipe just looks cooler with those specific teeth as fangs as opposed to I don't know. ones? I'm trying to pull up a picture now to see if you're right. I don't know if you're right. Also, I also like how a lot of vampire fangs are very, very noticeable fangs, and then some other vampire fangs are like, are those fangs, or, or do they just have like overpronounced canines? Yeah, like you get them, you get them bitch ass fangs. You don't get the, the cool fangs that the the top ones have. Exactly. Um, I'm not sure. I'm having trouble locating. Oh wait, here he's smiling right here. No, I think you're wrong. I think I'm you wrong. just misremembered it. I'm wrong? I think you're wrong. Wow. It's not important. Maybe you're right. Who knows? Um, I did want to go over a couple of like the fun facts at the top just to get them out of the way. Okay, cool. I have a couple of fun facts too, so let's let's roll through them. So Stan Lee was supposed to have a cameo in this, but it got like next, I guess. Oh, I didn't know that. I know he was an executive producer. Uh, Wesley Snipes was originally talking about playing Black Panther and instead they decided to do Blade. Wow. Which would have been very interesting. Yeah. And then finally, do you know who the original director of this was who had to back out for unknown reasons? No, go ahead. I was going to guess, but my guess was stupid. David Fincher. That was definitely not going to be my guess. That would have been so awesome. Would it have been? No, wait, wait, wait. It would have been awesome if it wasn't the same script. Would it have been the same script? Uh, He actually helped work on the script. So Uh, we can go through it as, I mean, you always do this where you like say you have problems with something, but then you never fully explain it. So hopefully you will explain what your problems are with the script as we go through it. (sighs) Fine, fine. Because I, th- I think your major problem with this is the CGI, and I think that's coloring everything else about it. Like, obviously, there's some very corny lines, but, like, do you not remember the 1990s and movies in the 1990s? No, no, no. Uh, on the contrary, I actually really like the corny lines. There's even one where Blade kills a guy, and he, like, fist pumps, like... Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that was just the best. I thought that was the best ever. I love that. And I love, oh my God, there's, there's a corny line where he's like, um, there's so many, but, um, and, and about every main character has at least one, like Chris Christopherson definitely has a few in this movie, but, um, oh, there's one where I thought would have been perfect and they did not utilize it at all. It's when they were in the train station, it was at the end. They were fighting in the train station. 
uh-huh. she's she turns the the main woman turns to blade uh karen turns to blade and she's like what are you gonna do and it's like all these vampires are like running towards them she's like what are you gonna do and he says nothing and then he does the action and i really wanted him in that moment to be like i'm gonna catch the train or i'm gonna catch this train and then he catches the back of the train but he did wow. not say that or no you know what if he said i have a train to catch that would have been awesome that would have been right there but what are you gonna do but no um let's start at the beginning uh because the beginning is actually one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie and i've seen this beginning somewhere uh before i I assume you're not talking about the hospital which is the actual beginning right oh (laughs) no i am not talking about the the babe the baby blade being born right well you know what's funny too is later on when he sees uh karen he like saves her because she reminds him of his mother and i was like how the fuck does he know what his mother looks like but apparently there's a line cut from the script where he like says that he remembers being born oh so you know that line would have helped not make it so weird a little bit um but yeah yeah you're talking about the opening where the woman takes the guy to the club and uh and then it's you know (laughs) if you know what you know what's gonna happen you know this is a vampire movie so you see like everyone's staring at him and he's like what the fuck's going on dudes keep bumping into him and he's like fuck man i'm gonna have to fight and then like the blood starts dripping the blood from the fire spring from the sprinklers is awesome and the, it starts going as the beat drops yeah yeah yeah. and then the guy is just being toyed with with all these vampires and he's just kind of crawling through the crowd full of blood and then boom a very clean boot you know i know you don't really eat meat but do you think that they were beating the shit out of the guy sort of like tenderize the meat kind of like you know like a hammer I was confused with with how are they going to equally share this guy among like the hundreds of them that are there. Yeah, who gets him and who gets what's parts? I guess they're not eating the meat; they're just the just blood. Sucking so, his yeah, blood. Like, what's the? But why are they sucking his blood? There's so much blood in the sprinklers. Yeah, maybe that's animal blood though, because they're like you know in a butcher like warehouse. I didn't think of that. Maybe it's just maybe it's just like for show. It's like it's like cosplay blood. You know, uh-huh. you know, um, yeah. And then Blade, it's just a great action scene. A lot of, a lot of martial arts going on. The fist pump after after shooting the guy. Yes, yes. Uh, the shotgun, uh, very, uh, very good weapon for for hunting vampires. I was confused in the beginning. You know what I, I will say I, I like about this movie is that it doesn't spoon feed you everything all at once as it's happening it it things happen you question like what's up with that and then a little bit later you figure out why you you get your answer right so with the shotgun he starts like pumping lead not lead but pumping silver into these pumping garlic (laughs) pumping garlic uh, into these vampires and they just kind of disintegrate. I'm like, why are they disintegrating? It's like, oh, okay, like the mixture of like silver 
hollow point bullets filled with garlic makes them disintegrate. Right. No, yeah. And I do think, too, um, you know, we haven't met her yet, but Karen is like a perfect like she moves the plot along she's like has her own like story arc too but she's also there as a great tool for exposition because she needs things explained to her yeah so i think that part of it is like very well done to have that character um i also like when blade to the one guy and i love uh let's see, donald, donald or donald it's donald logue are you sure it's donald and not donald pretty sure it's donald logue I know, I know the last name. I just am always worried that I'm pronouncing it wrong. Anyway, I'm just, I'll say Donald, Donald Logue. Um, I love him in a bunch of stuff. This is probably the first thing I saw him in. He was in that uh, TV show Grounded for Life that, yeah. uh, that I really liked. He was but, also in that TV show Gotham. Yeah, I guess he was. I never watched that. Uh, he was, um, was he Commissioner Gordon? No, he was Commissioner Gordon's partner before Commissioner Gordon became Commissioner. His name was like Lieutenant Harvey oh, nice. or something. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, I'm tired of chopping you up. So Blade shoots him to the wall and then lights him on fire. And this part always confused me. And it's only now that I've maybe come up with an explanation. I guess it's because I was like a little kid slash teenager. Like I, I bought this movie very soon after it left theaters. So I was 11 when I was watching this. <laughs> um, but he lights them, the dude on fire and then he leaves and I'm, and I'm just like, why, why did you leave him? And I guess it's because the cops showed up because then I thought later at the morgue when he just happens to show up, I was like, Oh, that's kind of like a plot convenience, but I guess he did have to leave this guy and he actually wanted to kill him. I just thought like Quinn Donald Logue doesn't seem like that hard of a person to kill, but it's like blade can't kill this guy. It just like seemed like, kind of weird that he struggled so much i am so glad i am so glad he did not kill him in the first scene of this movie because he is one of the best if not the best character in this whole movie yeah no he is and uh, he apparently had a much smaller role but because of how great he is they just kept expanding it and letting him ad lib so much i love this at the is... end when he's gonna be like i'm gonna be such a such a god <laughs> he's like such he's a like... naughty naughty god I'm going to be such a naughty vampire god. He's so excited. <laughs> right. The dude who survives and is covered in blood as a, a corpse, in quotation marks, is burning alive. That guy's life is over, right? Because he's either going to jail or he's going to go to like a mental institution or because like the police and politicians are owned by the vampires, like, He's eventually just going to get eaten by a vampire. Yes. There's not, there's no good outcome for that guy. No. Uh, it's almost a, like a pointless thing that he survives in the end of that whole fight. Almost. Yeah. Which is why they don't really mention it. You know, it's also interesting. I was reading somewhere that um, like they're looking at a map at one point, Karen pulls out a map or something and it's a map of new Orleans. And it's like, that's where this is supposed to be taking place. Um, and I guess a lot of the Blade stories take place in New Orleans. That makes no sense. Like, I thought this was L.A., like, very clearly. Like, when they showed some of the city. Um, maybe they were trying to keep it a little ambiguous. But did you have a thought on where you thought this was, like, w what city this was supposed to be? Well, I, I thought it was, like, I thought it was New York. I don't know. <laughs> like, 
New York, LA, I never once thought it was New Orleans, nor did I really give it much thought that it was I, New Orleans. Yeah, it's, so it's filming locations are, it says Vancouver, British Columbia, which is, I don't believe that. But uh, California... You, you don't, wait, wait, you don't believe the, that's the filming locations? Hold on, that's one of them. I just, what scene would that have been? The warehouse? <laughs> they flew up to Vancouver for one warehouse shot. Maybe, honestly, maybe the whole thing was like shot there and then the exterior stuff. But uh, Long Beach, California, Death Valley National Park, London, Moscow, Long Beach, California, Los Angeles, Los Angeles. Well, of course, Moscow. Barwick Studios, the, LA. Because of the end. That doesn't make any sense why you would fly for that one scene. You're telling me like you needed to go to Moscow. That's just Wesley Snipes like, we need to fucking go to Moscow for this. Like, I want it to be legit. Well, what could have happened is that they they got B, the B-roll. Like, they got St. Peter, St. Petersburg Square um, for the shot. But then the actual scene was, was in like, British Columbia. Was in B.C., exactly. So they sent, like, one. Ah, all right, we're there. So, yeah, I mean, that I saw the skyline at one point, and I was like, that's L.A. So I don't really understand... They didn't put a lot of thought into like making this look like New Orleans. Like nowadays, a Marvel movie, like what Ant Man was filmed, or is Ant Man the Wasp was filmed in Atlanta, but they went to great pains to make it at least look like San Francisco. You know, at certain points, right? This is just like, yeah. oh, that's L.A., but no, actually, we're in New Orleans. I thought it was New York because every fucking Marvel movie is takes place in New York. Yeah, but this was like Marvel before Marvel. This is actually credited with starting back the uh, the uh, the whole um, superhero boom because right before this, Batman and Robin like sucked ass. So you know, <laughs> sucked ass. Um, yeah. Well, I, here's the thing too. I didn't notice the Marvel logo pop up. It was the it was like normal studio logos. I don't. Did you see a Marvel logo pop up? No, because this was like before. This was like when they had just sold off everything to different. No, no, no. I, I know. I, I'm not expecting fucking Captain America and Iron Man to you know, like flip through the pages of Marvel. But even like Daredevil, Ben Affleck's Daredevil had the Marvel, like the plain Marvel logo. This didn't even have that. Well, did the old Spider-Man movies have it? Yes. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. The only huh. thing I saw Marvel was at the end credits where they were like in tiny little letters at the end. They were like. Well, this um, came out, I mean, this came out before all of those, right? Did it come out before X-Men? Um, I don't remember. I think so. I think I thought... so. X-Men was like early 2000s. I keep forgetting this is like 98. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying is like this, this kind of, critically, this was like middling. Like it had a lot of bad reviews. It had some good reviews. Um, but this made a shit ton of money. So <laughs> that's why there was three of them. Yeah, I never saw the second one. Never saw the second one. And I know the third one's bad, but I enjoyed it. Some say the second one is better than the first one. The Dark Knight of the Blade trilogy, if you will. It's funny is the guy who wrote Blade also wrote The Dark Knight. So back to the movie. Uh, We're now at the morgue. Uh, The morgue guy, Curtis uh, and Karen, they dated. She thinks he's uh, fucking with her because like this blood just doesn't look real. And then Quinn comes back to life and Blade shows up. And 
my favorite line of this entire movie is after he cuts off the dude's arm, the police shoot him and he's like, motherfucker, are you serious? <laughs> That's a very good line. My favorite action in this scene is when he throws Karen about a block east from you know the top level of a hospital onto the roof of another adjacent building and the worst injury she got was a dislocated shoulder. Well, I guess from there he could see that there was this tarp over some like really soft stuff. I guess this building housed pillows <laughs> and he just threw her on top of it. Like, Well, I'm glad there's a pillow warehouse right there. <laughs> I don't understand why he couldn't just jump with her, but I guess because it's not actually the Matrix. Um, and <laughs> except, then we meet- except now you make me think that everyone's wearing black leather overcoats and dark shades the entire time so maybe it is the matrix possibly um next we meet whistler who is played by chris christopherson um and i love he's like you should have killed her he's like i know but i didn't so you know here we are and apparently Um, garlic you can just inject it into someone and it may prevent vampirism now say that that is true. Can you imagine how much injecting garlic into your body would just burn? Do you mean in real life or in this universe? No, no, in, in real life. Probably, probably hurt. Probably doesn't feel good. Probably in this universe, it doesn't feel good. Um, although it's so weird how they're like, okay, so... From my understanding of the powers of garlic in this fucking movie, it kills the vampires, it maims the vampires, but then if you catch someone who got bit by a vampire, it can prevent them from turning, a 50-50 shot of them turning into a vampire? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you understand it. I guess. Next, we go to the uh, Vampire Council, uh, which is led by a guy named Dragonetti. <laughs> as as a, the head of a Vampire Council's name uh, should be Dragonetti. Yeah. yeah. And everyone's pissed at Frost because he's a, I mean, for lack of a better term, he's a mudblood. And... He is deal, do, you know has these clubs, which I guess this is where we find out a lot of like the the lore surrounding this, where um, you know the politicians know about vampires. You know, it's almost like they're aliens. Like they know about vampires, right. and uh, they're allowed to you know do certain things, but they shouldn't all be meeting together. And you know, da 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 da. And Frost is just like, this is stupid. They're our food. Why are we like taking any orders from them? He's like a vampire purist. Well, he's um, not pure though. Well, he's not pure. No, no, no. You know, his whole motivation to try to get the blood god, the vampire god, which also I'm having trouble with. That's the best name you could come up with is vampire god. What's well, La Magra? That's a little better. But um, his whole thing is like, well, once he comes... Uh, we'll we'll all be equal. Like this dude just wants to like belong, you know. But why him? Like think about all the people that have been turned into vampires. Why is he so special? 
Well, that's one of those things. It could have just been anybody, right? And we're obviously going to tell the story about the guy who decided to look into this. So I guess I'm here. Here's though, like Wesley Snipes, his blade, super fucking cool. His haircut, his, his tattoos, his whole thing going super fucking cool. Really, really. You're telling me the antagonist is like the, the, you know, member of fallout boy. That Steven Dorf would kick the shit out of you. If he heard you talk about him like that. I'm not even saying Steven ruin your fucking day. (laughs) I'm not even saying Steven Dorf looks like a member of panic at the disco. What I'm saying is that his character looks like a member of Evanescence. Okay. That isn't there only one. I don't know. And I don't want to get into that. I, uh, I think that's just the hairstyle of the times. Like you're just not remembering 98. So blade blade, right? His main antagonist, you're going to make, Fucking emo boy, the, the, the main bad guy. It would have been so great if you could come up with a fourth band name, but you just ran out of, of steam. I. What's the I'm a, who's a simple plan? You could have done a simple plan. I could have done simple plan. Oh well, you'll have to come up later. Um, do you think that this whole movie about the vampires, like vampires, are just a metaphor for rich people? And how they have politicians in the bag and they can do whatever they want and get away with it. And, you know, the purebloods are like the old money rich people. And Frost is like a new money rich person who has all these ideas. And they're like, they don't accept him because he's not pure like they are. He doesn't with, have inherited uh, wealth. With Dragonetti and Frost, it reminds me of that scene from um, The Dark Knight Rises where Bane's like, you are merely... B- uh, what was it? You were merely uh, introduced to the to the vampirism. I was born in it. Dragonetti would have been a better villain, I feel like, than this My Chemical Romance motherfucker. There you go. We then find out that Blade has to get a serum, and he goes to this one dude who's got one line where he's like, oh, oh wow, you're here quicker than normal. And he's like, yep, building up resistance. Okay. Uh, and then Karen wakes up. She plays with the sword, and we see the spikes pop out, and that is some foreshadowing right there. That sword that is, is used important. so much later on. Twice, some would say. I think three times. We'll get into it. Oh, you know what? I technically three. The yes. spikes come out twice, and then there's a third where the spikes don't come out. Yes. So yes. I don't know. We'll call that a wash. Okay. Um, and then. Whistler thinks that she could help and she's hearing all this as she's trying to escape. It's really funny. She, she like tries to escape and like, oh no, you can't escape, but we'll take you home. We just had to be you know, safe. There's so many of those lines in the movie. There's one where, you know how you told me that Karen is the perfect person in, the, in a film to like give exposition to? So there's this, there's this one thing where they're finding the vampire like hangouts, right? There's one line that I was just dying of laughter. Bane, Bane, <laughs> okay. Blade literally goes, yeah, vampirism, it's not like in the movies. Crosses and crucifixes, they don't do shit. It's garlic and silver, you know, just like in the movies. Well, that, that line actually annoyed me this time because Whistler had already explained all that. 
Well, he goes, it's not like you see in the movies. It's not, what do you say, crucifixes and holy water. No, no, it wasn't even holy water. It's crossing water, which I've never heard of. That must be like a Nosferatu thing or something. Sure, sure, sure. But but he literally names two things that we've seen vampires die from in movies. And he's like, it's not those stupid things. It's these three other things that we've seen plenty of times in movies. Silver, garlic, and fucking steak through hearts. So. Well, it's funny too, and I'm not going to take credit for this. I read this somewhere. But they sort of give a scientific explanation for the silver and the garlic and then the the weapon that she creates, like the DTA or ETA or whatever the fuck it was called, um, they give all a scientific explanation for that. And you're like, oh, and she describes vampirism as like a virus, right? Or at least in the people that have been turned. Um, but then at the end, there's this like fucking religious ceremony where they bring out, bring out the blood gods. So it's like they try and give it a little bit of a science tilt. And then they're just like at the end, it's like, oh. I actually really like the science tilt because the way she explained it, she was like, they want blood because they have a deficiency in their own body for whatever, you know, whatever hemoglobin, the hemoglobin in the blood. So they crave it because them themselves have the deficiency. Um, and, and that, that I really liked, I thought that was smart. Yeah. And then she's, uh, Karen's like, Oh, why am I supposed to believe you? And he's like, blades like, well, you fucking saw it. What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that guy that guy bit you <laughs> and i also love he uh whistler gives him the like the light gun he's like oh it's still too heavy and he's like well, you're so fucking big <laughs> uh yeah that light gun man that comes that comes back kind of a weird way too um yeah that yeah i want to talk about job of the hut when we get there so he lets there's a quick scene where frost is trying to translate the dead language and dragon eddie gets mad at him and that's just like an ex that only matters just for like plot device later on it's not important i love when dragon eddie comes into the archives he's like you're not supposed to be here and then and then frost like touches his face and then dragon is like okay creep it just leaves it's like also too he's like takes out his earphones he's like dude you're in a library. <laughs> uh, um, so I, I thought I had this thought when Karen goes into her building, she sees the tat, the matching tattoos on the back of the neck. I was like, why the fuck are you getting on the elevator with these people? I was confused on where she was going. I was like, she, okay. So she gets dropped off by blade in his awesome black. What is that? A Camaro a fucking yeah. challenger. It's awesome. Um, Charger. Maybe. Char- charger thank you um i don't even know if it's that honestly but uh she gets dropped off and she's like what am i supposed to do or something like that and he's like don't worry it's daylight immediately goes inside well he also tells her to get the fuck out of town which she tries to do but then that cop comes in and um i think the the two people that get on the elevator have the exact same tattoo as the cop. So I am curious what their purpose was. Just freak us out as the audience. Right. But I mean, they're clearly familiars of Frost's too. So were they kind of like trying to tail her so then they could send in the cop, but this cop's clearly inept. Well, I'm confused. So do only the familiars who are not vampires get the tattoos or just anyone who belongs to that sector of, of vampire 
can get the tattoos because they were wearing glasses the whole time. I think they were vampires. No, they weren't vampires. How did they get to the building? Were they just hanging out in the building all day? What if a security sunblock. guard's like sunblock? I guess that is like, what is, is that? What is that? SPF one thousand. It's the same joke I made to Taylor. Nice. It's yeah. a good joke. It's it's a joke that's obvious, but it has to be made. Has to. Be. Um, the cop is clearly a bad guy. Like immediately, <laughs> there's no. There's no thought can be in your head that this is like, oh, it's just a cop that showed up. He's a good guy. Yeah. As soon as, as soon as she, as soon as he knows anything about what happened at the morgue, you know, it's just bad. Especially we just got the explanation that vampires have the cops in their pockets. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then she tries to spray him and he's like, what the fuck? I'm not a vampire. And then <laughs> he's going to shoot her. And I love, He's he's gonna shoot her, but you can see in her face she's not scared, and you're like, why the fuck is she not scared? And even though you know, you know Blade's gonna show up in time, but you're like, why does she? Why is she not scared? Why is she so sure Blade's gonna show up? And then you turn around, Blade's already fucking there. Yep. Um. Yep. It's awesome. Every time that guy shows up, it's gonna be awesome. I I especially love it when they're first introduced to Karen in the warehouse and she you know comes in on blade getting injected with the serum you see him drop down behind her and then it cuts to chris christopherson and then it cuts back to her and he just rises up from the bottom of the screen <laughs> just trying to look cool but we already caught him yep um and then she sort of helps the cop get away but not on purpose she doesn't want blade to kill him and he's like he's like you have to wake up because this is the real world and the world you thought was real is like this sugar-coated bullshit. No, she was totally she was totally in the right though. Because if he did kill him, he wouldn't have come back later, and they wouldn't have been led to that other place. She didn't know that because she even says he's not stupid enough to come back here. Cue him running to his cop car. <laughs> yeah, true, 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 true. Um, I feel like there's some scenes that are kind of like. Like when Blade brawls out, like all out fights into that um, club that he follows the cop into, like those are all vampires, right? Like those are old ass vampires, but only like the bartender and a couple of the bouncers get in on the fight and the other ones are like, whatever. Yeah. So I don't know if all the Asian people were vampires or if that was just like a club and the vampires were underneath. I'm not sure. Or maybe they're just, you know, they're not product, part of Frost's thing. So they're like, I'm just fucking... I mean, because you think about it, in the first club, a lot of them ran, right? In only a few states. So they could have been vampires, but... They I all was, had I sunglasses was... inside. Okay, they're vampires. That's a very good point. Okay. Or also, they just want to look really fucking cool, you know? Well, mission accomplished. Um, when the cop was like, the secret passage is in the refrigerator. And Blade is like, nah. And then he opens up and the, the secret passage was in the refrigerator. I thought that was great. You know whose idea it was to have the secret passage in the refrigerator? Wesley Snipes? It was Wesley Snipes' idea. Yeah. Um, real quick before we go down there, um, I thought the thing that aged the worst CGI or camera work or whatever was, was that car chase slash following looked really bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was confused because I thought that was music for a second. And I thought, you know, when like at the beginning of songs, you you have some, some talking and then the beat drops, right? But right. it was just the guy on the radio being like, Blade caught me at the bitch's apartment. 
uh, <laughs> I had a double back, and but now I'm on my way. I'm sorry, I'm late. And then I was like, boom, boom, but no, he was just talking on the radio. Yeah, yeah. And then you see, like, I did like the part where you just see a random dude eating a random woman's neck because it just shows you, like, how prevalent vampires are. Like, they're, they're just everywhere and anyone could be one. I thought that was, like, a cool... And apparently that's the director doing that. Oh. He's the guy. He's the guy. The, the part that aged badly that you're talking about is the kind of the speedy up shots, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I agree with you. That, that the thing that did not bad. age badly was Wesley Snipes saying, there are worse things out than vampires tonight. And she says, like what? He's like, like me. <sighs> Fuck yes. It's amazing. There, there's awesome, awesome one-liners in this. Um, that being one of them. The other one being um, a lot of them coming from Donald Logue, actually. A lot, yeah. Always could use. Did you notice that he went from having uh, cornrows to pigtails to just long hair? Not a lot of people can pull off all three looks. But he can but he can. Um, if you're the cop after you fucked up and led Blade to the archives, like you can't go back to Frost, right? You just got to like run, like move to, I don't know, Russia. He goes back to Frost. I know. I'm saying if it was you, like that just, it seems like you're going to get eaten. You know, it's also interesting too, is like the difference between, he killed that cop, Frost did, right? Yes. He, he ate him until he died. But it's like the difference between, like, it's hard to distinguish sometimes in movies. And I think it's just almost like a innately, you know, like that guy fucked up. So he's killing him. He's not rewarding him <laughs> because that cop wants to become a vampire. And it's, this is not a reward moment for leading Blade to the archives. Let me ask you, being a familiar, is that a very common trope within vampire movies? Because I know we talked a little bit about this uh, during our 30 Days of Night episode with the stranger being a familiar he wasn't rewarded on becoming a vampire either but are familiars just like a common thing in in vampire lore yeah so what we do in the shadows also has that in it too and it's funny i forgot about the concept in blade that's one thing i did not remember from this Mm. yeah uh maybe it's like also like twilight rules too where it's like if you suck all their blood out and they die no vampire for them but if you suck a little bit of blood out vampire for them they become i don't think we need to let twilight be the the arbiter of vampirism um what did you think of uh pearl job of the pearl pearl that was so I was so confused on if that was a man or a woman. If you're seeing titties. <laughs> I was so confused. But also the name Pearl. Like, uh, but the actors. They, they said he just so that they wouldn't have to censor the boobs and like write that there's nudity in the movie. But this, this is, oh, okay. This is an R rating though, right? It is, yeah. 
It is. Okay. So they could have. They could have. There must be a limit to how many F words you can have in a movie and how much gore and blood you can have in a movie before it's an NC-17. Because um, I'm pretty sure towards the end there, something, oh, Blade cuts Frost in half and he's put together by the blood god, blood. And instead of Blade going verbally, what the fuck? He mouths, what the fuck? Did you notice uh, that? Yeah, and there, I mean, there's very limited cursing in this. There's like the F word is like, maybe like 10 times that I can remember. Whenever it happened, I was like, yeah, they're not cursing that much in this. Uh, I and mean, that, 10 times is a lot. It's not 237 times like in fucking Goodfellas or Casino or whatever, but it's still a lot. No, it's not that. It's not that much. No, The Departed. I mean, all... The Departed had a lot of fucks in it. Yeah, it did. Um, I do like when uh, Karen just because he moves just slightly, she like basically kills him with the the UV light. And then after, like Blade looks at her like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" And she's like, "He moved." It's true. He did move. What did he accomplish? Oh, that's right. I was thinking, why did he double back from the archives door? Is because he was putting that like f- explodey foam around it, and then when he like went back to check on Pearl, and Pearl was dead, then was the Pearl whole- dead? She looks just really fucked up. I don't know if he was Who? dead. She, she, yeah, yeah, titties. So they break into the archives, and I love how it's like the basically the first copy of the vampire bible and like no one gives a shit on how awesome that is well they've digitized it at this point so they don't need the original i guess no one gave a shit whether you did or not though you know what's funny is every time i i think this happens so many times when i watched this originally and it happened this time too where I forgot that they don't actually get caught in this scene. Cause I'm like, why are you hanging around here so long? You just talked with frost. He knows where you are and you're just chilling here and get like, let him get the jump on you. But then Whistler's just hanging out. And I love blade laughing and they're like, why the fuck are you laughing? And he's like, cause I'm expecting company. Whistler just comes in and fucking annihilates them. Taylor and I are watching this and she's like, who do you think would play? whiskers now whiskers and i was like what she's like isn't his name's whiskers right and i'm like <laughs> what are you talking about <laughs> it's like chris christopherson just plays the the friendly cat side character um and i was like oh my god he would like if it was now it'd just be jeff bridges all the way oh for sure jeff daniels would be good too i think he yeah. could handle that I love the subway scene. I especially love the way the blonde vampires kind of moves in it. And then as he catches the, uh, catches the train and also Donald Logue, like getting his hand chopped off again and like freaking out and running away, like hopping along, like getting out of there. Uh, yeah, that seems like kind of iconic to me from this movie. That's when the perfect line would have been, I have a train to catch. And then he jumps on the train and goes away. We got a lot of uh, exposition after this. We find out that Whistler's family was killed by a drifter vampire. We find out that Blade has none of the vampire weaknesses except he needs blood. And so, you know, 
they're trying he's been whistler's trying to find a cure but nothing's working um and then we get the killing of dragonetti which is a really cool scene i especially love like i don't understand like they put on the spf 1000 but then they have to put on the helmets but then later on they don't need the helmets or you know um deacon doesn't need the helmet when he sees him in the park so i'm a little confused so that was a very sensual scene when they're rubbing the SPF 1000 on each There's other. There's a lot of sensual scenes in this movie. That's true. Um, especially with Donna Logue. Uh, usually on a couch, usually with about two or three vampire bitches. I was kind of talking about Blade and his mom in the end. Uh, no, no, no. That's, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You're, that's a... We can dissect that when we get... That's a whole Oedipus complex that we can discuss later on towards the end. But um, no, I'm just talking about like the lotion, the the suntan lotion. I didn't know what that was. I was like, what the hell is that? And then it's like, it jumps to them killing Dragonetti in the sunrise. Um, and then you don't get that that was suntan lotion until the park scene that we were talking about earlier. I love how they take out his teeth too, right before he dies, just so he can throw him on the table and show everyone else like I'm in charge now. Also for Donald Logue to say, I guess he was a little long in the tooth. <laughs> That's probably one of the worst. <laughs> um, and then after that, we get um, the meeting in the park. Fun fact. Did you know the little Asian girl is Brenda Song? From Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Wow, I did not know that. Did not know that. Yep. Interesting. Um, basically, Frost is like, oh, you know what? Why don't you join me and we'll have a truce? And Blade's like, nah, I'm going to fucking kill you. That's the, the whole point of that. And then I don't really understand. Frost throws, first he dodges bullets like he's Neo, but he actually dodges them quite a bit easier than neo did in the beginning um and then he throws the girl into the road the bus has plenty of time to stop and is just not gonna stop well he doesn't just throw the girl into the road he throws her through like glass it's like through a stall like a food stall like a food yeah like a food stall and um and but she's fine she would not have been fine if the bus ran over her. I like how everyone's like, everyone falls or gets thrown through some sort of like glass uh, pain. And like the worst thing anyone can have at this point is a dislocated shoulder. Even Blade gets a dislocated shoulder later on. It's a big issue uh, among vampire hunters. Yeah, and once again, this scene looked a lot cooler in 1998. So, and that's not just because of the passage of time. They did something to it, fucked it up. So, um, after this, uh, Karen thinks she can cure uh, people that have been bitten by vampires. She also comes up with this cool compound that can make vampires explode, which, uh, spoiler alert, that's going to come up in a little bit. That was probably the best effect in the entire film that actually stayed closer to still being cool to this day was the effect that vampires had with the hemoglobin blowing up thingy. Which you don't really get to see until like almost the very end when he like goes to the compound. Well, yeah. 
But that's, yeah. I mean, that's, that's right before she makes it too. So he didn't really have that to his disposal until then. Um, we get to a very sad scene, but I, I think every movie, every good action movie needs a scene where the mentor or the best friend uh, dies. Time about Whistler? Yeah. How, uh, how did Frost find this place? They just sort of gloss over it like, oh, we've been looking forever. <laughs> he approaches him in the park and he says, Frost, says something to Blade like, oh, we know all about your little friend Whistler and Karen and your little warehouse in, in the Upper East Side or something like that. He says it. And then also, how does he get there so much quicker than Blade? Yeah, I, that, that, that I don't know. Did um, Blade stop for like sushi or something or just like a long lunch? And he's like, I really need to get out of here. And it like took forever to get the check. And so he's just like. He actually had a walk like Brenda Sung like back home. No, he just told her to run off. She ran off. So, yeah, <laughs> I think he stopped for lunch. It was lunchtime and he was like, fuck it. What does he eat? Uh, well, he's human, but he also needs blood. I don't know, probably something uh, bloody, like a, a rare hamburger. Rare steak. Um, this is also funny, and like it's something I noticed, but like I read that uh, Wesley Snipes found it very funny that when Whist- as Whistler's like sitting there in the chair dying, he's taking this tiny gauze and wiping blood off him throughout the entire scene. Wesley Snipes just like, what the fuck is the point of this? This makes no sense. Like, I thought it was kind of sweet. I thought it was kind of endearing. Let's try. Maybe get some more gauze than that. And then, uh, and then Whistler is like, give me your fucking gun. And, you know, I got to take care of business. Walk away, Blade. Walk away. So in one of the original, uh, there was an original ending, which I'll talk about when we get to the end of this movie. But in another version of this movie, when Blade goes to Russia, it's Whistler who he has to kill in the end, who's like attacking the woman. So he doesn't kill himself. Well, that ended up not happening. So what he I don't did kill himself in this version. Right. Well, what I don't get is he gets pinned down by Frost and his goons, right? And then Whistler's like, come on, do it. Kill me. Or no, turn me, turn me. Get it over with. And and Frost is like, oh, I'm not going to turn you. And then he turns to Donald Logan. He's like, do your thing. His sister just bites him. Oh, no, they beat the shit out of him. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that that part didn't make a lot of sense because it's like they they did apparently bite him to where he was going to turn. What's comically funny, and it's I don't think they were trying to get a laugh out of doing this, but Chris Christopherson is laying there on the chair with a, like a blanket over his face. And there's just this huge like thing of blood. Right. And blade can't even look at it. He can't even like stand it. And he pulls the cover off of him to show what I thought like a dead, uh, whistler. However, as soon as not saying a peep until the blanket is off of him, and now he's like, Blade, 
this is their entire plan from start to finish. Let me explain to you exactly what's happening in this moment. Blah. And I was like, wouldn't it have been way more dramatic if he just was dead? Yeah, but I guess he needs to tell him, like, oh, you shouldn't go. But because of who Blade is, he's going to go. So They got the girl. They got Karen. Karen! Um, so next, we just get a small scene where Karen's, like, basically... Uh, unless you're born a vampire, you just basically have an STD. <laughs> Frost gets really pissed about that. Yeah. Um, and then we get the last, basically the, the final act, the last scene. It's all one big thing, but he goes in just shooting, you know, Blade goes in shooting everybody. And then he's got this cool fight scene in the hallway with these two people. And he stabs them with this new weapon that makes them explode. Pretty great stuff. But then he finds his mom. And um, I don't know how she recognizes him, but I guess that's because Frost is like, you know, giving her and, you know, showing him pictures and like, oh, he's grown up and he's trying to kill all of us. So there's your cute little boy. Uh, I also especially like the the spoon fed, um, not explanation, but just the, the spoon fed, like here's where we are now in the story when Frost is like, for your entire life, you were trying to hunt down the vampire that bit your mom. Yeah, she's explaining something. Well, here obvious. I am. That's obvious. Yeah. He could have, instead of just could have said like, you know, I'm the one who fucking did it. <laughs> he didn't need the whole like explaining the stakes of everything that's going on and how like how ironic this all is. When you ask me what the issue with the script is, it's those little things that I have issues with. It's, it's him sitting down with Karen and being like, vampirism isn't like what you see in the movie. It's not crosses and holy water. It's garlic and silver and steak through the hearts. And I'm well, like, that's so exactly what you see. And then it's when, this long expositions and unnatural like realizations. It's just little things like that that I have issues with. Okay, you're done. I think when Whistler does the explanation, he says, hey, some of the myths are true and some of them are not and this is the ones that are and this are not i think blade repeating it was a little weird um so that's not necessary the exposition stuff i mean movies need exposition right especially when you're setting up an entire lore you're setting up a comic book movie and this is the origin and i think doing it by introducing a new character is kind of the only natural way you can um i do agree that some of the dialogue is not great um, but he yeah. definitely he got better as a writer when the Dark Knight came out. So, <laughs> right. It was also you know this script is a lot to fit in to what this movie is like. Well, so apparently this was originally like a two hour and twenty minute movie, and uh -huh. they did some test screenings and it bombed, and so they had to recut it, including adding like the last fight scene between Blade and uh, Stephen Dorff. Okay, which is like only like three minutes or something like that. So whatever, but I think it's pretty cool. Um, it's cool, but it's also now that you're telling me it was shoehorned in, it does feel a little shoehorned in. Um, but we'll get to that in a second. So they're driving over to the temple of eternal night, which is a cool name for a temple. I'm surprised the entire council forgot about it. Couldn't find it. Um, and she explains to him like, Hey, I can cure you, but if I cure you, you'll become human. And they're like, Oh shit. 
And I thought like, oh, she's going to cure him, but then she was wrong and it doesn't take away all his strength. But in the end, he's just like, nah, fuck it. <laughs> I love being a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wasn't his explanation. It wasn't because he loved being a vampire. I know. Because, it's because there's more the work to one, do. Yeah, he's, there's more work to do. He's the only one who can stop him, so he can't. It's, it's, it's a hero's sacrifice, right? He, he has to choose his duty over happiness. Yeah, but can't like Iron Man and Captain America, can't they all, the Spider-Man? I mean, so Blade is in the Spider-Man universe. So Spider-Man could face vampires. But Spider-Man is in New York, not New Orleans. Slash LA, slash... British, British Columbia, Columbia slash Moscow. I'm pretty sure Spider-Man can fly other places. Now that uh, Stark's dead, spoiler alert for Endgame, you know, <laughs> I think he has. I think he has access to the plane. So, um, you know what's funny is is I am actually really really curious on one what the rest of the new Blade cast is going to be because we know Mahershala Ali is going to play Blade, which I think he's going to be fan fucking tastic in. Um, but none of the other cast has been revealed. And, and well, no, that's not true. One other guy, but I don't know what he's playing. Uh, but then the other thing is, what is the lore? Are we going to get an origin story? Are we going to get kind of just, you know, where he is, where he's at, um, at the beginning of his movie? Like, how is this Blade going to fit into the MCU? It's a good question. It's a good question. And we'll find out. Oh, you'll find out. I don't know if I'll watch it. I'll probably watch it. I like Mahershali. Um, next, uh, we get the sword. Frost is holding the sword. And he does this little clicky thing. Even though the sword's not rotating like it, it normally does. But he does this clicky thing where he's like, see, I knew it was going to rotate and chop off my hand. But it's not going to because I know everything about you. And then he tells Donald Logue to stick his arms out. He's like, seriously, these are fucking new hands. What are you doing here? Which they don't explain, explain how he gets new hands. Yeah, yeah. They're chopping. They're totally just chopping off the hands of people and like sewing them onto him. I guess. So that was. I thought it's regrowing. No, because when he shows off the new hand the first time, it's got like these long nails, and they almost look like feminine. He had like he got a woman's hand the second time or the first time he got a new hand. You realize everything you just said made no sense. What do you mean? There's nowhere in the other in the rest of the movie that explains that they can just chop off other human body parts and just stick it on their own and it works. It like grafts onto their bodies perfectly. Yeah, but they can't regrow stuff. There's nothing that explains they can regrow stuff. He shows off his hand and he's got like nails that are like an inch long. I I don't know. It would be funny if they were like a different race. It was a different gender. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> she's got a she's got a black hand. Yeah. Um. Anyway, moving on. I love Donald Luke's reaction when he's like, "But dude, did you? You're gonna? I just got." And he's like, "I'm just fucking with you." Like, oh man, he got me. Oh, he got me. <laughs> I love his character, dude. And then Blade is just like tripping because he doesn't have a serum. And Frost shows him what he thinks is his serum. He's like, oh, why don't you try it? And he's like, nah, I'm good. And like throws it. And you're like, okay, well, that'll be, that'll be important. That's later. not what I thought. I thought he literally threw it and it just like 
exploded behind him or something. I thought that stuff was gone. So funny to see it like perfectly stuck in our in a, a crevice later. I mean, yeah, but it also could have been just on the ground and he grabs it. So um Karen gets thrown down in a pit that looks kind of like the Star Wars pit that Luke gets thrown in with Jabba the Hutt. And uh with this the more guys I don't fucking know, nerd. Uh, but she beats the shit out of Curtis. <laughs> I'm sorry for that outburst. She beats the shit out of Curtis and then climbs her way up very easily. She must have been working out this whole time. Um, Please explain to me when she gets... Um, well, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll be there in five seconds. So she, yeah, you're right. She climbs herself out. At the same time, um, Blade's mom is being very sexual towards her son. Yeah, it's weird. But she does say your mom died a long time ago. So that makes it cool, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Um, also, so then Blade starts losing blood. He is losing a shit ton of blood. Is he? Yeah, it's like pouring out. That doesn't look like a lot of blood to you? I guess. But it's just coming down from like drips from like the little the little holes. No, but then you see it like going into the gutter thing it's like pouring in there oh yeah you're right you're right and then it has to drip on like the nine members of the vampire families well first of all it's 12 but then the blonde chick just kills one of the dudes so that the blade can be sticking in the wall i guess there was an extra guy okay the only explanation i can that's your explanation i'll accept that explanation if that's your explanation because i honestly could not come up with a better explanation well there are two guys standing right next to each other so like clearly there's like a 13th but I mean, really, this they just need the sword to be in the wall so Blade can grab it later. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So now Karen is out. She releases Blade by like, she knows how to spin that thing around perfectly to get him out. Very, very good attention to detail from her, I guess. And uh, she lets Blade suck her blood to uh, regain his strength. And this is like the vampire version of like a sex scene. It's, this is very a very sensual scene right here. The way yes, he, she's like moaning, and he's just like, oh yeah, and oh, thrusting, blood. and this, yeah. yes, yeah, for no reason. I don't understand. How do vampire teeth? How do did they do they puncture with the teeth, and then like they're sucking with the mouth? I guess, or do the tips of their fangs have like suckers, holes in them, and just like a transfer? It's never been explained to me. Yeah, I don't know. Huh. I, I think it's. I don't think there's suckers in the teeth. Maybe in the new the, Blade movie, it will be explained to you. You know, I also think is is Mahershala Ali's Blade going to be hunting Jared Leto's Morbius? That's that's an interesting concept. Well, Morbius was supposed to be in the end of this movie, and um, they didn't have the rights to it. New Line Cinema didn't have the rights to it. Sony has it because that's part of the Spider-Man deal. So. Wait, wait, wait. Are you serious? Morbius was supposed to be like the sequel to this film? Yeah. He was supposed to be the Russian character that we see, and then he was going to be the sequel. But not Chris Christopherson. There were multiple ways this could end. <laughs> Apparently so. Um, well, let me just tell you the. the we, all right, let's go through it real quick. So the mom shows back up, Blade kills her. Um, and then Lamagra starts working, and what looked 
pretty good in 1998. Doesn't look that great in 2021 of bones flying out of people's bodies with wings. and The double set of bones. Well, with what? Double the set of bones. Double set of bones. The skeleton with the wings comes out of the human skeleton. So are we to believe that each vampire has two sets of skeletons? I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe you don't have this in the remastered version. But the skeletons pop out of the other skeletons and fly around. They pop out of the vampires. Who had skeletons. Their skin came off, was a skeleton. Then the other skeleton opened the mouth of the first skeleton and came out. It was double skeleton. I know that sounds crazy, but I'm just telling you what I saw. Yeah, I don't... They had two skeletal structures. Look, beyond that, Karen says a line that I'm confused about that you can maybe help clear up. She goes, once she's bit by Blade, she goes, I've healed myself once. I can do it again. Did she heal herself? She did. And I understood that um, to be the case. But I, when I watched it this time, I was like, when did she heal herself? I guess she healed herself. I, maybe just after multiple rewatches, I was like, or, you know, watching it so many times when I was a kid, I was like, okay, she, she has healed herself. But it was unclear watching it this time that she had healed herself. Okay. As long as you and I, I will admit. Same page. So back to the double skeletal structures. of. No, no, we're past that. I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. But Blade returns. He dives. First of all, I thought he was like below everybody. But I guess he's above everybody because he then dives from the top like I don't understand how that I works. thought he was below too, but it didn't make sense because the blood drop that dropped onto uh, Frost's yeah. head was above. You're right. Yeah. And then they like, doesn't matter, whatever. So he's above. He dives down, lands on the ground, all fucking cool. Frost! And then he just starts. I love that the first guy that comes after him is Donald Logue. And he's like, dude, this time I'm going to beat this. And he just chops his head off immediately. Like for all the times he couldn't kill him, it's so satisfying how quickly he does it like in the end. It is. Yeah, I agree. That like, Although that's, that only like, means payoff. That only means Donald Logue could not be in the second or third one, which is sad in and of itself. <gasps> Donald Logue is now old enough to play Mahershala Ali's Whistler. Yeah. That'd be Although awesome. I would like Wesley Snipes to play Whistler. I think that'd be pretty cool. I don't know. Black Whistler, pretty controversial. Is it? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, and also, I love how in Chopping Quinn, Donald Logue's head off, the glasses flip up in the air, and the music starts playing as yes. he puts them on. It's awesome. I love it. I love it so much. And then my next favorite part is he... Th- these are all familiars, I think, by the way. Like the guys with guns in the black suits? 100%. Yep. He rips out a human's throat. And then throws throws it at another guy. Yeah. It's awesome. And then uh, something that I love every time I see it, but you may have had a problem with, the two, him and the other dude just kicking at each other and keep missing. Yes, I did have a problem with it. It reminded me of Bloodsport. That's why I had a problem with it. That's why you liked it. I don't know. And then as he gets his sword, the song ends. And now we have the actual final fight with Frost, um, which is really cool. And then he realizes, oh, shit, I can't kill this dude because he's Lamagra 
and when I chop him with my sword, he just forms back together. At the same time this is all happening, Karen is battling the blonde vampire bitch. Because, you know, every early 2000, late 90s has the female hero battling the female villain. Girl power. Absolutely. She she kills that lady very, very easily. She does. You know what all what movie also does a lot of that is the earlier like Pierce Brosnan and James Bonds, where it's always the Bond girl versus the villain girl. You just thinking of Goldeneye? Yes. Right, yeah. I think Halle Berry also kicks some ass too. I never saw that one. Oh. But she kicked uh what, Rosamund Pike's ass? Was Rosamund or was Rosamund Pike a bad person? I never saw the movie. Rosamund Pike is also always the bad person. You're just thinking of Gone Girl now. <laughs> so many movies. And I care a lot. Um, he then sees the blood weapon. I really should have written down the name of what that was. And he throws his sword up and Frost is like, what the fuck are you doing? That's way off, bro. But it drops the serum blood weapon in his hand. Because that's the third time that the sword thing pops up, comes into play. Anyway, um, and he throws one, Frost takes it out. We then see some very fast cutting and he throws like six in him. Yeah. And then he tosses one up and kicks it into his head, which is yeah. so unnecessary and so awesome. And then we get the line of motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill. Which makes no sense. Uh, but apparently, and it is badass. I like it. But apparently, Wesley Snipes said it to the writer or the director. And they were just like, that's such a fucking cool line. I have to now add it into the film. <laughs> I, you know what? I kept thinking, I'm like, oh, fuck. Do I have to rewatch this whole fucking movie and try to find where maybe they said that line earlier in the film and now he says it this time in the film and it makes sense but no this is the first time that this line is uttered in this movie and it is confusing as hell but somehow because it comes out of his mouth it works i really hope they don't play blade the new blade the ones that's coming out too straight because kind of the charm and the the wit that wesley snipes gives this character really makes what this character is all about i agree um blade's like i don't want your cure and i am going to fly to russia and if you didn't see that it said it was in russia he then speaks russian and says did i catch you at a bad time comrade (laughs) (laughs) um and then no, it ends. actually, what's fun is that the, the woman and the vampire are speaking French at the beginning of that scene. Then he starts speaking Slavic, and then Blade comes in and starts speaking Russian. Very confusing. Ah, oh, interesting. Well, they did make up a language for this movie, uh, similar to 30 Days of Night, but then they like barely use it throughout the movie. They use it like once in the beginning and then once in the end. Yeah, the dude on the Vampire Council uses it. Pearl uses it. And then maybe that dude that was speaking Slavic was using it. I don't know. Um, but I like the, the fucking Russia ending. And then I never saw 
the second one i don't think it deals with that but it's like got these weird vampires that like look like i don't know whatever i saw the third one it's very corny and cheesy i liked it it's got ryan it's got ryan reynolds at his most ryan reynolds i've somehow also seen the third one it's got triple h triple h oh that's right you don't like wrestling I forgot that you never watched wrestling as a child. Have you ever seen that movie Triple X? Yeah. Vin Diesel? I already said yeah. Which was I confused about porn? Is that what you is that why you had to say Vin Diesel is in it? Yes. Um, this movie still held up for me. I really enjoyed watching it. Um, I am gonna have to go to my childhood home and get my DVD and rewatch it again in the way it was intended with very uh poor quality and uh i think it'll be even better um what'd you think it's it's very fun it's very cheesy um but it's very fun especially all the weird shit that uh wesley snipes does as this character just with the the fist pump, the over like smiling about everything, the cheesy one-liners, Donald Logue in his entirety. Um, the only complaint that I have, apart from a few plot holes, is that I didn't feel like Frost was a very threatening antagonist. But that's fine. I'm sure I'm sure two and three have pretty threatening antagonists. I mean, he caught Blade and created La Magra. He basically succeeded. Oh, and this is the, you know, right before we wrap up, the original ending of this was supposed to set up the sequel and Deacon Frost was supposed to win and turn the entire world into vampires. And Blade was going to have to go around, like, trying to save the entire world. Also, that doesn't make sense. Because if he does turn the entire world into vampires, who are they going to eat? They answered this in the original script. They were going to save some humans and, like, kind of grow them in, like, factories and, like, take blood from them. And that's something I think they do in either the second or third one. Um, but yeah, so they're, wait, wait, you're saying that they're going to harvest humans for their own benefit, and this is not the Matrix? This came out first, bitch. Tell the Wachowskis that. Tell the Wachowskis that. I don't have to tell them anything. It's just like dates. <laughs> it's like dates on a calendar. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And I finally watched Blade.